Welcome back, humans and friends. Welcome to episode four of chapter four of Theology is a Science. If you haven't noticed, that's the name of the series, right? So before I get started on this chapter, I want to give a shout out to all my listeners in Armenia. I was recently informed that my podcast ranks pretty high in the religion and spirituality category in Armenia. I think that's awesome. So thank you so much for sticking with me. I'll be praying for all you guys because I know there's a lot of Christians in Armenia that have been in the news here in the United States that have been persecuted. So you guys are in my prayers. Thanks for listening. All right, let's get started with chapter four. This chapter is titled Theology as a Science and Wisdom. So this chapter is divided into two main parts. The first part focuses on theology as a science. The second part focuses on theology as wisdom. Alright, so first part. Father Latere begins by quoting St. Thomas Aquinas at the beginning of the Summa Theologica. Now, if you don't know what the Summa Theologica is, it's basically a summation, Summa, written by St. Thomas of everything the Catholic Church believes. You can kind of think of it as the Catechism for the Middle Ages, right? So the quote Father Latre uses is a question. It asks, is sacred doctrine a science? In other words, is theology a science? Furthermore, Latre asks, if theology is a science, is it so in the same sense as the human sciences we are familiar with, or in a sense wholly or partly different? Then Latteray goes on to explain how no one today seriously doubts that theology is a true science, since, it's ha- since it has its own special object, method, unity, and systematization. Now, I found this particularly interesting because this book was written in the 1960s, and many people today, in 2023, actually do doubt that theology really can be called a science. Moreover, if we could explain to those people today that theology has an object, a method, a unity, and a systematization, perhaps they would be better able to see that theology can be called a science. We'll we'll get into that a little bit more as we go along. But first, I want to explain Latouré's question. So he starts with Thomas Aquinas' question, just basically, is theology a science? And Latouré says, if theology is a science, is it the same as the other human sciences? Or is it completely different or just partly different? That's basically what he's saying. Anyway, Latouré then explains that in the Middle Ages, theology was not considered a science. It would appear that our world today has more in common with the Middle Ages than many realize. Right, so I'm circling back to what I had said before about Father Latouré saying in his time period, in the 1960s, no one seriously doubted that theology was a science. That has changed today in 2023. And we have more in common today with the Middle Ages than we realize. Right, Because Father Latouré points out that in the Middle Ages, theology was definitely not a science. No one considered it a science. Right? Why? Latouré says that there were some in the Middle Ages who viewed theology as a science, and others 
<clears throat> for example, Duns Scotus, who said theology would have to undergo so many changes in order to be considered a science. Furthermore, if those changes were imposed on theology, it would not retain its original meaning. So if you don't know, Duns Scotus was a pretty, or still is within the church, pretty famous Franciscan theologian. And he was, we could say, a contemporary of St. Thomas Aquinas. And he says there's, there's not really any way you can call theology a science because in order to do that, you would have to change it so much that it would, really wouldn't be recognizable, right? It wouldn't be the same as it was. <clears throat> Still, others in the Middle Ages saw theology as what Latere calls a middle term between faith and reason. So Latteret is pointing out that there are some, there were some people in the Middle Ages who said theology was a science. There were others that said that can't be possible. And then a third group that said, um, well, we're just going to sit in the middle. Theology is, is a middle term between faith and reason. And the best meaning I can draw from these words is that people called theology a middle term between faith and reason because it naturally combined both using one's reason and exploring what one believes. So, it's in between. I use my reasoning, but I'm using my reasoning to explore faith and not the physical world, so it's not really a science, but it's somewhere in between. That was what some people would say. Next, Latteret explains why people in the Middle Ages struggled with calling theology science. He says it's because their definition of science came from Aristotle's definition, which says that science is quote, a knowledge which is certain and valid at all times, being the result of logical deduction. Let me repeat that. Aristotle's definition of science says that science is a knowledge which is certain and valid at all times, being the result of logical deduction. Now this definition sounds strikingly familiar, or should, because most people today would say that this is the precise definition of science. Most people would say, if you ask them, what is your definition of science? They would say, well, it's somebody looking at the world and deducing facts about it or discovering facts. And then those facts never change, right? They're always valid at all times. And I'm absolutely certain about my conclusions because I have the evidence, right? Latouray says, these people saw science as being certain because it proceeds from primary evidence, which is not itself demonstrable, and deductive because it is capable of drawing out its conclusions by means of necessary reasoning into universally valid principles. In other words, science is a perfect knowledge because it explains and describes things in their principles. It also is always correct because it looks at the evidence and deduces facts from them. So, like I said, it's very similar to what people today consider science to be. I look at the evidence, I look at the facts, these things are always true, they never change, so therefore I am certain in what I have discovered. Right. I can't tell you how many times I have seen and heard people say, follow the science since the COVID crisis. Right. Follow the science. That's what they always said. Don't listen to anybody else. Just listen to the science. The reason they say this, I believe, is because they have this exact definition of science. Science is always true. And we can be absolutely certain about it because it's based on evidence. Right? 
So you don't need anyone's opinion. You don't even need your own opinion. Just listen to the science. It won't lie to you, right? They believe the science cannot and will not ever lie because it isn't capable of doing so, since it's a perfect knowledge that's based on evidence and facts. That's how you can sum up this definition. In the simplest of terms, Aristotle's definition and people today, science is facts. Right? Simplest terms. Science is facts. Therefore, Latouré says, it is immediately obvious that it is difficult to apply such a conception of science to theology, since revealed truth is not seen, but believed. Christian mysteries are not the object of ordinary experience or observation, but are known by means of witness and faith. Right? So he's saying just based on that definition, yeah, you can't really call theology a science because science is based on the observable world. Right, things I can see and touch. So again, in simple terms, theology can't be a science because theology doesn't talk about observable facts that everyone can clearly see and touch. Instead, theology talks about things a person privately experiences and believes without ever seeing or touching. Right. So there's a definition of faith here. <clears throat> the definition of faith is I believe in something that I don't completely understand and I can't necessarily hold in my hands, right? And science isn't that. Science, for many people, especially in the Middle Ages, science was not believing in things that I can't see and touch, right? Science was just observing what's right in front of you and deducing facts about it, okay? Latre then explains that in the Middle Ages, something that was based on history or the written collection of what a person experienced could not be considered a science. This was so because this person's experience cannot lead to certainty but only probability and opinion. Which again is very similar to today. <clears throat> when I was in college, or if you, some of my listeners around the world, you may call it university, right? When I was there, studying theology. Theology was considered one of the humanities or a liberal arts, right? My degree says that I have a bachelor of arts, not of science, right? Thus, Latre says, the people in the Middle Ages believed that you could not mix science and theology because if you did, you would have to sacrifice either the facts and evidence or faith. Furthermore, people of science and people of faith had to go their separate ways. And that's just the way it was in the Middle Ages. People did not mix the two. You couldn't. Because if you tried to, you would end up either sacrificing facts and evidence or sacrificing your faith. And that's what they believed. And again, this is eerily similar to what people of today, especially atheists, believe. You either trust in the observable evidence or... You hold on to fantasies, and whatever lies make you feel better. How many atheists have you heard say that? You know, they follow what, um, I believe it was Karl Marx, who said that faith was just the opiate of the masses. It's not true. It can never be true. It's just something to make you feel better. It's like a painkiller, right? So many people in the Middle Ages, they saw it that way. I can't observe someone's faith, right? 
people of faith believe in things that I don't know are real because I can't see them and touch them, right? If my senses can't perceive them, then they are not real, okay? And that's basically what people today believe. All right, so after that, Latterie discusses St. Thomas Aquinas' answer to this very problem. So Thomas Aquinas posed the question, is sacred doctrine or theology a science? And here is his answer. He basically says there are two kinds of science. He's very Dominican, right? He's making a distinction. The first kind is based on evidence, and the second is based on evidence it borrows from the first kind. Duh. All of a sudden, it's like, that was so obvious. Why didn't anybody think of that before? So he says, mm, here's, my, here's my answer, all right? I, I understand that, yes, theology is discussing things that aren't necessarily observable. However, these things are truths borrowed from another type of science, right? So here's an example from an actual science, right? Physics depends on evidence drawn from mathematics. I don't necessarily see everything that I study in physics. Or when you're studying, like, sound waves. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a sound wave. <laughs> Not in the natural world, I've never seen a sound wave. I have seen experiments done to manipulate reality and make sound waves visible, but in the natural world, I don't see sound waves. I know they're there because I hear them, right? I'm borrowing from my other sense. So that's basically what Thomas Aquinas is saying. Okay, there, let's, let's be fair. There's two different kinds of science. One kind is based on what I see, right? What's observable. The other kind is based on the evidence that I can borrow from the first kind, right? So the first kind of science that is based on evidence, St. Thomas calls a subordinating or superior science, since it lends its evidence to other sciences. So it's on top, it's first, it's superior, right? The second kind, St. Thomas calls a subordinate or inferior science, since it receives evidence from the first kind, right? So he says the first kind is subordinating and superior. The second kind is subordinate and inferior. Right, so the first kind gives you the evidence, the second kind borrows the evidence from the first kind. Okay. Then St. Thomas applies this distinction to theology. He says, it is true that theology does not have immediate or concrete evidence in the way the first kind of science does. However, its evidence is found in another science, or body of knowledge, which is the very knowledge of God. Now here he's not talking about our knowledge of God, he's talking about God's knowledge of God. Right. Therefore, St. Thomas says, theology can be considered a subordinate or inferior science, since it receives its knowledge from what God has revealed. God is the one with the perfect knowledge and vision of himself that he then shares with us. So our knowledge of him is borrowed from his own knowledge. So our theology, our study of this, our science of it, is subordinate to God's own knowledge of himself. Right? To sum up, St. Thomas' answer to this question, Latouré says, <coughs> excuse me, theology is a true science, but it belongs to the type of science called subordinate science, for it receives its principles from the knowledge of God. In other words, 
We practice theology when we try to understand the things God has revealed to us. We do this through faith because we don't completely understand or see them. God, on the other hand, knows these things perfectly because he sees them perfectly. Therefore, the evidence is God's own knowledge of himself. So you can kind of think of it as a person who can hear explaining something, explaining a sound, not just something. A person who can hear explaining a sound to someone who is deaf. Especially if that person was born deaf, right? They don't know sound. They can feel vibrations with their body, but they don't know sound. They've never heard it. But they can come to understand it when someone who can hear explains it to them. And it can work the same way for someone who can see, explaining things to someone who was born blind, right? They have no conception of what it is to see. They've never experienced it. But they can borrow evidence from someone who can see, right? So that's kind of what's happening here. Thomas Aquinas is saying, God's the one who can see and hear. We are the ones who are blind and deaf. But God explains those things to us that we can't yet see or hear. Okay. Next, Latre gives his own opinion of St. Thomas' answer. He basically says that St. Thomas is speaking in terms of an analogy. This is so because all of human science is inferior to God's knowledge of himself. That's just a little side note. God created the universe. He knows everything. Any science we practice is subordinate to God's knowledge. Okay, so this is just an analogy. Furthermore, we cannot come to see God perfectly in this life. We believe we must first leave this world in order to see the evidence firsthand. So, while we can use our reason to understand the things we can see and touch in this world and practice all the sciences we have created, we cannot do the same with theology. Theology will always be a different kind of knowledge until we actually see God face to face. So again, it's like we are blind and deaf. God can see and hear. He explains things to us while we're still blind and deaf. But eventually, we will be able to see and hear these things. But not completely until we are actually in heaven with God. Okay. Alright, what Latouré then draws out of St. Thomas' answer is that he was intuiting something Aristotle couldn't have intuited. That is that all human sciences are subordinate to God's own knowledge. Aristotle was not Christian, right? He had never seen the full revelation. Okay, so he couldn't have known this. In other words, God created the universe and knows it better than any human could possibly imagine to. Therefore, the prototype of science is not human knowledge, but divine knowledge. Right, so that's a, a summary of what I was saying before. God knows everything. So any science we practice is subordinate to God's own knowledge. This means that theology has a privileged position among the sciences, because as discussed in prior episodes of this podcast, a person who comes to have a deep understanding of and relationship with God can have his or her mind enlightened to see and understand what God knows about his creation. So the study of God's own knowledge is of privileged position compared to the study of rocks or the study of weather or the study of physics, right? Those are things based in the natural world where God has created. But theology is based on <laughs> coming to know God, who created those things, right? So if I understand God, 
then I can better understand what God has created. That's the, the reasoning here. Finally, Latre explains how modern thought has embraced a wider definition of science to basically mean anything a person chooses to study, whether it be based on evidence or speculations, in an ordered fashion. Now, this was the 1960s. The 1960s, modern thought, accepted the fact that we can call any organized study a science. As long as there's one particular thing you're focused on, that's your object, and you do it in an organized fashion. It doesn't have to be evidence. It could be speculation. It could be opinion. It could be written history, whatever. As long as you are studying it in an ordered way, it's a science, right? Now, I wish that modern thought still embraced this definition. Instead, what I have seen is that most people hold on to Aristotle's definition that equates science with only that which can be seen and touched. If Latouré were alive today, I dare say, he might consider the 1960s to have been a far more enlightened period than today. Dare I say it. He would look at what people say today and say, why? You're going backwards. You're going back to the Middle Ages. What so many of you love to call the Dark Ages. Because nobody was enlightened at that time. Oh, we today. Yeah, we. We know so much better than they did. We're so much more enlightened. Are you? Are you really? I'm not too sure about that. I have my doubts. Alright, one last thing. Before I close this episode. Latre explains that theology as a wisdom stems from its ability to transport the human intellect to a divine understanding of the world. This is precisely the Christian definition of wisdom. Being able to see things the way God does. Therefore, if theology is done well, the theologian can become wise beyond any human conception. One distinction is necessary, though, which is wisdom is getting the big picture of the ultimate meaning of creation. This does not mean that we cannot or should not study and value other sciences. Of course we should. God gave us minds and reasoning so that we could study the world around us and discover its properties. It is a good and necessary practice to study those other sciences. However, studying those other sciences won't necessarily make you wise, right? They don't, in and of themselves, make you able to see the big, the big picture, right? Or see things the way God sees them. Only theology can do that. That doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean that the other sciences are something that you should ignore. Of course you should study those things. It's good for you to know how the world works, right? God gave you a mind. Use it, right? Okay. So we're going to close that episode. I want to thank you again for listening. And please stay tuned for chapter 5 when I will discuss theology, faith, and the magisterium. Right? That's what chapter 5 is about. Theology, faith, and the magisterium. I hope that you have a wonderful day. God bless.